Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Genesis, chapter 24, starting at verse 15. Find God's match. God is the perfect matchmaker, the wedding planner, the marriage maker. Give him control, ask for his help, and do it according to his plan. Get your match made in heaven from Jesus himself. Well, Isaac needs a bride. And he's been praying, his family's been praying and waiting. You ever pray for something and it takes a long time? Do you know Isaac now is in his late 30s and he's pushing 40. And in his culture, you get married young. Come on, get the show on the road. Why aren't you married yet? I've been waiting, I've been praying. Sometimes God is slow and sometimes God is fast, but his timing is always perfect. Perfect. He cannot just run out and marry any old wife. No. He is waiting for God's best, God's perfect match. He's going to be one of the patriarchs. Through his line, through his descendants, the Jews will come and the Messiah will come. He cannot just marry any old person. He needs God's help. He needs the help of his father Abraham. And yes, the chief servant Eliezer. They will make sure, they will seek the Lord and find God's choice and God's perfect bride for Isaac. Ask for God's match. Now in praying and seeking the Lord, Eliezer, who is kind of symbolic of the Holy Spirit, he's spirit-led. He needs to find the best match. If you remember the story, he's made a pledge, a powerful oath to his boss, Abraham. I will find the perfect one for your son according to your specifications, according to your high standards and your godly rules. It can't just be anyone. And so Eliezer, if you remember, he has asked a sign from God and a test from man. And let's get in and read it. Genesis 24, verse 15. Before he had finished speaking, see, he's been praying, God, I need your help. God, you got to send the perfect bride. I'm on commission to bring back a bride for Isaac. And she can't just be anyone. And before he had finished speaking the prayer, God is moving quickly and things are happening. Behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. So Rebekah is family. And this was one of the requirements 
you, we don't want to marry a worldly person. We want someone in the family, someone in the family of God. We want a believer. We want you to be equally yoked with someone who believes like you and lives like you. Don't marry out in the world, right? And this was one of the requirements. And Nahor is the brother of Abraham. And so if you trace the lineage, Rebecca is Abraham's grandniece. And so when Isaac marries Rebecca, they become what we call kissing cousins, <laughs> part of the family. Now, Genesis, you do marry closer to blood because you have a pure race. You have the pedigree, if you will. But of course, later with Mosaic law, we're forbidden to marry too close to family, the sexual laws of Moses. So Nahor uh, is related to Abraham, and so we have marrying within the family. Came out with her jar on her shoulder. Here comes Rebekah before the prayer is even done. Here she comes. Talk about God's timing. He's quick and he's fast. And you got to be ready to move when God is moving. Don't drag your feet. Verse 16. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and no man had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. She's going to the well, the fresh water. She's got her drawing jar, if you will. This is her daily task. It's the perfect timing. The sun is going down. It's cool and nice. The women will all be coming. But it appears the first one is Rebecca, God's perfect timing. 17. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, see, he's on the move. God's moving. i got to run up to her. Maybe this is the one. I need the sign from God, and I need the test from man to see if she is the right bride for Isaac. Please let me drink a little water from your jar. She said, drink, my Lord, and she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. So remember the sign, the prayer. I'm going to ask her for water for myself, but she's going to go the extra mile. And remember what the test is, the sign? She's going to offer to water all ten of my camels. That's a lot of work. It's going to take her a lot of time to water all these camels. And she's going to offer it. She's going to be a hard worker. It's going to show her character that she's willing to be there probably for a few hours watering this great amount of camels. It's a big job. Verse 19, Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. I won't just give them a sip. I'm going to fill them up. And you know how much camels drink? Uh, one camel can drink 
uh, 30 gallons of water in 15 minutes, and there's 10 camels, so she's going to be feeding them over 300 gallons of water. Do you know how long it's going to take? That's going to be a big chore. Can I tell you, she is hardworking. Rebecca is a strong, hardworking woman of character. That says something about her, right? You don't want to marry someone lazy, someone that doesn't want to work, someone that sits around. Some, you want someone with character and they have ambition and they're going places and they work hard and they're caring and they show kindness to strangers. It is a sign from God and a test of men. I will fill them all up for you to this complete stranger. Verse 20. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. She's quick, she's hard, she's efficient, she gets it done. That says something about this young woman. <sighs> Fill him up. Verse 21. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence. She's so beautiful, like a princess. Oh my gosh, look at how hard she's working. She's actually running back and forth, and she's going to fill every camel. I mean, it's going to take all day. Now, uh, Eliezer, the servant, is also with his entourage of men. You know, it would have dawned on me to offer the water to the men, but she offers the water to the camels. It's way easier to give a small cup of water to men, but to feed these gigantic camels is going to take all day. So he's staring, he's gazing, he's speechless to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. Do you believe at love at first sight? Is this the one? Am I supposed to marry them? We had a gentleman, an American from Reno, who went uh, after his wife had died on a tour to Australia, Adelaide. And there he met a beautiful senior citizen like himself, and she also was a widower. And he fell in love, and she didn't know what to think. This strange American, you know, approaches me, and they started riding back and forth, and they quickly got married, and they made a deal. Every other year, I'll live in America. Every other year, you live in Australia. And so goes their marriage. They have lived happily ever after. Love at first sight. Is God working? Is God moving? Is this the one that I am to marry? <sighs> Discerning God's will above man's mistakes. God, this is crucial. I just can't marry anyone. I have to marry a believer, someone with morals and values and characters and wants to live the way I want to live, someone that will raise our children in the things of God, someone who believes like I believe, who will accept me and my family, and I don't want to mess up because I want to be married for life. 
it's a crucial decision to pray, to seek the Lord, to sense his guiding. Lord, I need a sign from you before I say, I do. Have you been there? This is crucial. This is a keeper. I remember Garth Brooks, and he talks about in his song how he wanted to marry his high school sweetheart, and she was so beautiful, and they had this romance and everything, and he had prayed so many times, God, I want to marry her. And you know what? God said no, because he had someone even better And when he introduced his new wife to his old flame, he writes the words, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, right? Because God says no, because he has a yes for you pending. Uh, Yes, no, and wait. And when it's no, it's for your good, because God has something even better. Know your match. Check them out. Meet their family. Know their background. I've performed a lot of marriages. I've encouraged fiancés, why don't you go slow? Why don't you get to know them? Why don't you meet their family? See them in different settings, at home, at work, with their family, their friends, their neighbor. Oh, no, we don't need to do all that. We're just going to rush in and hurry. I don't need to meet anyone. Oh, geez, you need to go slow. Put on the brakes and see what you're getting into. Let's meet the family and know more about your match. 22. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring, weighing a half shekel, and two bracelets for her wrists, weighing ten shekels in gold. I'm going to give her a gift for her hard work. I'm going to entice her to marry Isaac. I'm going to clothe her with precious gold, a ring and bracelets. He places the ring so carefully, so lovingly, so romantically, on her nose. (laughs) So it is. The ancient Jewish culture, they wear nose rings, and you think, that ain't right. (laughs) The story's ruined. No, it's very romantic for a Jew, right on her nose. It reminds me of the three wedding rings. Do you know there's three wedding rings? Most people don't know this. First, there's the engagement ring. Then there's the wedding ring, and there's the suffering. Oh, you're not allowed to laugh at that, no. Hey, who's saying amen? No amens on that. (laughs) The three wedding rings, verse 23. And said to her, right, he said, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me. Is there room for us to lodge in your father's house? Can we invite ourselves over? That's very Jewish (laughs) hospitality. We've got to meet your family. We've got to see where you live. We've got to talk to your parents and meet, you know, your brothers, your sisters, and find out the scoop. Oh, no, don't talk to my family. Don't meet my dad. 
No, we got to. It's important to see what we're getting into. Verse 24, she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. And he's thinking, Nahor, right? This is Nahor. This is the brother of Abraham. You're a relative. You're in the family. Verse 25. Again, she said to him, we have plenty of both straw and feed and room to lodge in. There's room for you. Come over my house, meet my family, and we'll take care of your camels. We'll take care of you. 26. Then the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. He's giving God the glory. He sees God's hand is involved in all this. I think when you're dating, I think when you're courting, I think when you're engaged, you should discern, is God's hand involved in this? Is this person bringing me closer to the Lord or farther away from the Lord? Is this person a helpmate or a hindrance? Is this person making me a better person or a worse person? Discern God's will. Walk carefully with the Lord in the steps of marriage. Verse 27. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who is not forsaking his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. God is in this. I give God the glory. I give him the praise. And why is God doing this? Because God loves Abraham and Isaac. God wants to extend his kindness, his provision. And where God leads, he provides. And you're like, God, what am I going to do? I need your help. How am I going to take care of myself? Seek the Lord. He'll work it out because he loves you. He has kindness for you. He'll find you the perfect match. He'll give you a future and a hope. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brother. Do you see God's guidance in the matter? It's beyond coincidence. God is pulling the strings. God is running the show. God is doing an orchestra of beautiful music, right? That they could have beautiful music together. Uh, incredible marriage. Get God's gifts of love, kindness, truth, guidance. You know, I think truth is key to a relationship. If you're lying and deceiving and holding back secrets and they're not truthful with you, I would put the brakes on. Well, why did you keep it a secret from me? You were married, you know, three times. Why, why are you telling me you're, you're not divorced yet? Well, what's the secrets? What's going on here, right? If it's God, it's going to be truthful. There's going to be kindness to each other. There's going to be real love and not deception and cheating and using and abusing. That's the marriage of the world. That's the marriage of men. 
Have you done it the world's way and now you're ready to do it God's way? God, I want your marriage. I want your way. I want your pick because my picker was broke and I chose wrongly. Now let Jesus pick for you. Get the family blessing. If it's God, we need the approval of the family because when you marry someone, you marry their family. You marry into their family. And I know the joke, people say, well, you know, in-laws are outlaws. I know, but they're still your family, right? And you can't ask someone to abandon their family. I mean, your family's forever. So we need their approval. Let's meet the parents. Verse 28. Then the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Can I warn you? Watch out for Laban. He's trouble. Laban is very materialistic. Laban is into money and wealth, and that is what he serves. So she runs home. She tells her mom. She tells her brother. And I keep thinking, where is the father? And it makes me think that dad has probably passed away. And because the father is gone, then the oldest son must take a primary role and kind of step in as a substitute father, if you will. So here comes Laban. And Laban ran outside to the man at the spring. He's anxious. He wants to know what's going on. Verse 30, when he saw the ring, this is in her nose, right? And the bracelets on his sister's wrists. And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, this is what the man said to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. Lickety-split, there's Brother Laban. Wow, sis, look at all that gold and bling-bling that's hanging on you. That's worth some bucks. And this guy wants to marry you, and he's rich, and he has camels. And boy, camels are worth a lot of money. In today's prices, one camel can go from 5000 up to $20,000 times 10 could put you at a max of $200,000 in camels. Talk about a Ferrari and expensive wheels, you know. These guys are rich. Let me check out the camels. Let me see what's going on. There's a great future for us. Mom, dad, brother, sister, I met someone. Right? You hear that one before? I think they may be the one that I'm going to marry. Well, we got to meet him. Does he have a job? Is he a Christian? What's his background? Where does he live, right? Bring him home to mom. Verse 31. And he said, Come in, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside since I have prepared the house? 
and a place for the camels. Big brother. Come in, sir. Oh, you represent this rich guy who wants to marry my sister. Hey, look at we've fixed everything for you. Your camels are set. Spend the night. We have food. We're rolling out the red carpet, sparing no expense. 32. So the man entered the house. Then Laban unloaded the camels, and he gave straw and feed to the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. A powerful entourage. You don't travel long distances alone, especially when you're rich. So the chief servants has his servants, his entourage, his men, that again, they weren't offered a little cup of water. She offers the gallons, the jars of water to the ten camels. It's interesting that Laban is all fascinated in helping with the camels. It's kind of, oh, you drove up in a Rolls Royce? Let me wash it, let me polish it. I'll check the air in your... Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.